Hello everybody and welcome once again to Check Your Six. We are on the final stretch for this fall season across all three leagues with in fact CR6 already having wrapped up both their invite or premier and open leagues. So I I mean that that league ended up cutting to a great end, so I'm excited to cover those last matches. But there's so much more to talk about. In fact, we have a little bit of a continuation from last week's conversation regarding coin flip versus match round differential to decide the picking sides on a decider map. So we have Syntax, my wonderful co-host, joining us once again, and myself, Hello. Warlock Recall. Uh, we, are, we are fans of the coin flip more so than match round differential for a number of reasons that we covered last week. And I mean, the baseline is we don't want to show any bias in that decider map decision-making on who gets what side. So no bias whatsoever because it's too close to call. You're going to map three. You weren't a dominant team to, if you were a dominant team, you would have won outright 2-0. You weren't dominant. You split it round differential. I think that that's, I mean, given how a map, or the two maps that you played are balanced, the round differential could easily be swayed just by the two maps that you play on, on what side that you got on. So mm -hmm. is that really proving that you're better? No, it's proving that you're meta or approved for the meta at least. So I, I'm concerned, still concerned that round differential would just kind of just keep biasing the dominant team the dominant team is just going to roll because they're dominant on whatever the meta the map picks were and welcome homie migs once again glad to see you here again so uh syntax why don't you run through your 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 stance if there's any key points well, that i missed should we play the message for the uh for the podcast? okay yeah yeah we could let's, play i was just... let's give them some context first and then i'll, I'll say what i have to say okay Oh, and we got Lucho Olven in the squad as well today. Welcome from CU Boulder. All right, so we're going to play a couple of listener messages that we got from Jay's Wills is how I'm choosing to pronounce that. I have no idea who this guy is, but he's got an opinion, and I love having people talk about it. So here we go with part one messages. We got two. Alright, so that's part one. We're going to jump right into part two unless Syntax has something to say. No, let's listen to part two. Alright.
Okay. Uh, Jay Z Wills, if you if you listen to this, I I I, res I respect your opinion and what you think about this, but you missed bad you 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 missed the entire point that i was making last time you you, you threw a, you threw a rock at the ocean and you missed i'm sorry <laughs> that's that's what happened your your logic is flawed and I'll, and I'll tell you why right so you're saying that you don't want to penalize the better team you want to ins you want to give the better team the advantage in a match that should be an equal fight for both teams why why is that like why would you think that it's that's not how it's supposed to be right if you think that you're the don't like like joe was saying earlier if you think that you're the the dominant team and that you know if you've been dominating all season then you should have no problem with whatever with whatever outcome happens because you know you're gonna win but the fact that th that both teams are there and if you won a match if you won a map you know if even if you won the first map 7-0 and you won the second map or you lost the second map it uh, squeaked by at 8-6 you're not the dominant team you still lost a map if you were the dominant team you would have won map and map two that's what that's how it would have gone that's how it would have went but yeah, that's not I'm, how it went I'm so you're like head to head I'm going to liken it to a boxing or an MMA match where you play however many rounds, you fight in however many rounds there are, and if you let it go to the judges, it's a, it's not going to be clear. You never want to have your fate in someone else's hands. That's the deal, and that's a competitive match. That's equal footing on whatever round or whatever match you're going to. It's the same each time you fight. Now with rainbow six we have by bi clearly biased maps where you're expected to take three four five rounds per side or on offense or defense depending on what map you're looking at and you'll get opposite uh, the opportunity on the other side it's balanced out and so it's down to whoever executes just one round better two rounds better uh i mean if you're if we're really looking for the team to decide an advantage I don't think that a best of three in such a short season, regardless of what league you're looking at, to decide a decider where everyone, especially in collegiate, when the fall, especially the spring, is probably the more well-rounded competition. I think the fall, a lot of squads are getting together and figuring themselves out, which is why I like face its preseason setup a little bit better. But at the same time, these squads are looking for a integrity in their competition and when you start biasing one way or the other you're starting to chip away at that integrity and you're just stacking the deck for something to happen trying to make it trying to make something exciting to happen and it's just artificial at that point from my perspective yeah like i i really hope that you understand like what we're trying to say because let me put it another way put yourself in the and in the, the non-dominant team shoes here the, the quote-unquote non-dominant team shoes if you know that you're the the non-dominant team would you think that it's that it's freaking fair if the if the the better team gets gets an advantage in the match that's like saying i don't know i'm trying to think of an analogy here but 
um I don't know. It's like it's like being in a street fight against a guy who's obviously more muscular than you are, and then I'll, and then the ref goes, "Hey, muscular guy, here's a pair of brass knuckles," <laughs> and you're like, "Wow, that's really fair. That's obviously not fair." So, I I hope that you kind of get like what we're trying to say here is is you're trying to make the match as fair as possible. There shouldn't be any bias towards any one team. I don't care how well you did for the rest of the season. You're in this match. This match against another team who has made it to the same exact spot where you are. And you're having an equal fight. That is the point of the coin flip, is to give both teams an equal chance. And I mean, if we didn't, if we didn't want to decide, if we didn't want the side pick to come down to coin flip but and before doing any map bans if there was decidedly home and away team home call it home field advantage like that becomes a thing where then in the season you could plan for each team to have that same advantage over the course of the season but to decide an advantage in a specific match every single time i think that that puts a I think that that puts too much weight on a team able to perform just on an individual matchup to create advantage. I think having it decided from a home and an away perspective makes it more easily balanced by the league themselves. Mm-hmm. Even outside of doing a coin flip for a map three decider, you give you have a five or a six week season each, or you you do a six week season. Each team gets a three-week home field advantage where they get to decide the side pick. But the side pick, or would it be side pick or just the final decider map? Yeah. Uh, let them decide the final map, but then... No, you would ha- you'd still have to let home field decide, their, um, decide the pick. But you're still giving everyone... Three out of th- three out of six matches throughout a season to decide what side you want. So you get the the dominant side at preference, but you still play both halves. So it, I think that that's maybe even a better way to balance that out. Instead of a coin flip, you just have it scheduled into the season. Yeah, that could be that could be an answer. Um, but yeah, like. The, the 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 TLDR point we're trying to make here is during during a match there should not be any bias. That's it. That's it's as simple as that. There shouldn't be any bias towards any one team. That's that's the whole point. I I I wonder if I mean I do think that there is a play a place or a structure where you could make that work. I like round differential as a tie-breaking mechanic for placement. I don't necessarily like round differential making decisions in-game. So if like we, we use round differential and even map differential in some leagues for deciding tie-breakings and standings, I believe that you could probably come up with a league structure where round differential in a match could give you an advantage in later maps but i almost see that being like you would almost have to do like a best of five best of seven just to 
and that's if you weren't doing a home and away team kind of setup. But if you were to do a best of five, best of seven, but then I don't know, you you break it up into groups of two maps. So then you kind of flip flop who gets that. So the first two is just how it's decided. You pick sides, pick maps along with map bands. That second batch of two you get you let one team pick both sides that last batch of two you let the other two or the other team pitch pick the last I, I don't know but i think that there is a structure where round differential makes sense in a long series i just don't believe it's in a best of three in a limited length season and in the playoffs which are ultimately where we want to see the best matchups and the best games where i don't want to see a decider being tilted by a team that isn't supposed not not supposed to win but rather i don't want to see them have that map side pick be the decisive play i want to see the play be that decisive play yeah exactly and i agree no commentary from the peanut gallery this time around i'm curious what Lucho, Olven, and the homie Migs have to say, but we're going to keep rolling on with the structure today. Let me pull up my notes. Where'd they go? Here we go. All right, so we did our coin flip conversation, join, jumping right into our face it discussion. Now, this we talked about this last week about how accelerated the playoffs are for face it so we were down to our top eight last week when we talked and there were already some matches going on just like shortly after our podcast wrapped up and so we got those uh set up and knocked out and we even know what the next round uh, is going to look like so on the front of cu boulder versus kennesaw state gold we saw cu boulder pull out the win congratulations lucho olven you've one step further and the next round actually quite surprised me uh texas tech versus uga now i would have gone texas tech especially after their showing against akron a couple weeks ago but university of georgia proving me wrong for the first time uh pulled out the win against Texas Tech. So now we have a CU Boulder versus UGA final. And I, you know what? I kind of have to give the advantage to UGA just because of how strong that they've looked. And we've seen CU Boulder hit strides, be hot and cold, and then just be kind of inconsistent week to week. But in face it, they're undefeated. They were undefeated for a good long while, I believe in CR6. But then in CEA, they had some struggles pulling out decisive wins. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a toss-up how it goes. If they can keep playing as they have been, I think they're on a run of wins right now. So if CU Boulder can keep it together, They they've it's going to be a really good match if they show up, uh, which, as I said, they've had some inconsistencies. I think that was closer to the beginning of the season than in the later part, but... We'll have to see. UGA, obviously a strong team. So it's going to be an uphill battle, I think, for CU Boulder yeah. at this point. Nick says UGA beat them because they corrected their mistakes from two days before that. See, that's a sign of a good team because given two days, only two days, they were able to correct their mistakes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's phenomenal. 
that's that's kind of crazy to see that they were able to identify those mistakes and improve upon them so quickly. And I know uh, Wanda Swan is still kind of upset that his team lost to Michigan State University in the CR6 uh, playoffs. So it's it's still incredible to see the flexibility and the amount of growth that a team can show and how wildly these matches can swing. I mean, UGA beat Texas Tech. Texas Tech took Akron to the to their limit. It was by far the closest match and the best match that I've seen all season. Um, so to see UGA come back and do that to Texas Tech, yeah, Wanda Swan has a lot of pride and rightly so in his UGA squad. I'm shocked to hear that they were able to identify those mistakes and correct them so quickly uh, given that it must they might have been some some sort of mistakes that might have been kind of chipping away at them all season long or they were just kind of getting to finally fixing those things outright it'll be fun regardless always a really good matchup yeah i mean that's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, I see that the match is on hold according to the Faceit website. So, Lucho, if you can let us know when that match is going to be shown or played and hopefully streamed, I would love to shout you all out and make sure people can watch that matchup. Our next matchup is a rematch from, again, the CR6 playoffs just last week or maybe the week prior. It's all blurring together. Uh, Purdue versus Akron. We've got... Akron coming out on top once again. Now Purdue was second seed, I believe, in CR6. So this this was a second versus ninth seed uh, rematch from CR6, and well, Akron pulled out the 2-0 again, and it was it was pretty decisive. It was like seven to three, two maps in a row, seven to two, I think, for the first map. And I mean, there's an amazing clip of one of Akron's players, I forget the name off the top, uh, Arv, that's who it was, Arv, uh, pulling off this amazing triple kill with the C4 from below. It was just, it was oh, nasty. Man. I mean, it was nasty, but uh, that's just Akron. Akron's nasty. So uh, it was GG for Purdue. They're knocked out of the Face It League playoffs, and clearly they didn't go on to win the CR6 one, but they are a squad worth watching. If they can show some growth and show some some consistency and some good training, maybe over the winter season of CR6, or just prepping for their spring season, uh, they are certainly going to be another squad to watch to be that top tier team. We'll have to see how well they hold together, and hopefully, no one's graduating over over the fall season. <laughs> uh, UNC Charlotte versus GCU. Now, this is kind of a uh, a grudge match of friends for me like I've interviewed both GCU and UNC Charlotte uh, and so knowing squads on both sides like it it was going to be a battle for sure UNC Charlotte showed a lot of rebound from their uh, spring seasons uh, showing that they're coming back strong and coming back competitive and GCU they've been slogging away they again i think the last two seasons they hadn't been as good as they had wanted to or they they showed well in open and both open uh leagues in like cea and and in cr6 but they couldn't cut the mustard to get to that upper crust or make it deep into the playoffs if they were in the premier league in cr6 
but this year they have been just battling every step of the way they have been taking down some very amazing teams and been showing that they're growing throughout the season and to see them coming deep into the face it league preseason against unc charlotte it's just great to see these two teams coming back to form really and so that matchup with gcu taking out unc charlotte they will be playing akron this could be I mean, I still see it as David versus Goliath, just with how far ahead it looks like Akron's team is in terms of execution and consistent play. But GCU is no slouch. I don't want to dismiss them. Akron would do themselves great harm if they dismissed GCU at this point. GCU has more than enough footage to study. Mm -hmm. They know not to take Akron to coastline. GCU, do not take Akron to coastline and don't let them pick defense on Villa please <laughs> lessons from the CR6 grand finals uh, I know you all watched it you all needed to watch that uh, please please watch the footage uh, so we've got our top four teams in face it squaring off sometime this week it looks like lucha Olven is saying 10 p.m eastern standard time for on monday night for the cu boulder versus uga so make sure you tune in this podcast will be available early that morning so anyone listening will know tune in i'm guessing it'll be on cu boulder's twitch channel let me know and i can help spread the word on that uh Homie Miggs calling calling out my CR6 finals reference, uh, saying Michigan State is not smart with their map bands. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, but yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. So we will get to those two matchups very shortly. Uh, okay, Lucha Olven's going to say one of our players. Uh, Twitter will announce it, or probably one of our players will stream but the cu boulder twitter will announce the matchup time so we will make sure to help broadcast that signal uh both this this set of matches and then the grand finals are scheduled as soon as possible uh according to face its bracket so be on the lookout for when those matchups will happen follow the face it collegiate or face it rainbow six twitter channel follow cu boulder uga akron and gcu on twitter Mm-hmm. Yeah, homie Migs, we're we're going to get into your critique very very shortly, saving the best for last, or at least the finals for last. CEA, we've got some some great matches coming up. So first off, uh, Michigan Tech, Michigan Technological University lost to Akron in the winners bracket, was sent down to mm-hmm. the losers bracket to play the winner of. Florida International University and Pennsylvania State. Pennsylvania State ended up winning, which is just an incredible showing from that squad to come back and play Michigan Technological. They lost two to one. So we got, we learned two great things. One, Pennsylvania State was a qualifier from last season's Open League. So this was their first time, first time showing in the CEA Invite League. And they made it to the losers' finals to potentially go into the finals against Akron. That is a tremendous showing. 
against these teams that have all been invited out here in a very select league. So they pulled off a great, great showing. No no shame, no, no slouches for Pennsylvania State. I know they're losing one of their players to focus on. I think it's Apex Legends. So we'll have to see how well Pennsylvania State holds up in the spring. But seeing as they hopefully still retain their core, we'll have to see how well they hold it together. Michigan Technological, they took a map off of Akron, which is more to say than what Michigan State was able to do. Uh, so they have a good chance of learning from their mistakes. And if it takes only a couple days to learn your lessons and be able to execute on that, uh, we've got a chance to really see a great finals between Akron and another team. Michigan Technological, they pulled off a map win, which is more to say than most teams who played Akron uh, throughout CEA and even CR6, really. So December 2nd, we've got Akron versus Michigan Technological University in the Invite League Finals. MTU has beaten Pennsylvania State, Florida International University, and RIT in the playoffs. They finished fourth, tied tied for fourth in the Rokespear division during the season under Akron, who was first, but they were tied with CU Boulder Black and Pennsylvania State. So huge competition in that division, and it's it's kind of cool to see, what was it, like three of the final four teams being from one division. Kind of Kind of crazy to see that they got that heavy-handed into the end but at the same time i'm glad it's three and one not just four and oh from one side because then you just predict how it's going to go uh akron went undefeated cu boulder black pennsylvania state mtu csulb and arizona state and during the playoffs they beat madison esports red rutgers university and michigan tech again so i mean the fact that they beat seven seven out of nine or they played seven out of nine other teams in that division or mm-hmm. seven out of 11 other teams they played more than half beaten all of them undefeated it gives you a good good gauge of where akron is at competitively and then you toss in that they won another championship in cr6 can Akron be stopped? They're on that cusp of another triple crown. It's I hate I hate feeling like an Akron super fan or anything, but like the proof is in the pudding. Like they've shown us everything. They've mm-hmm. shown us that they win time and time again. Who can stop this? How are people going to stop this? It's clearly not a meta thing. It's clearly not a, a player thing. They Akron lost one player and then they picked up Jetcon, who is arguably even better. Jetcon and uh, it was IMAT dro- had a 20 bomb drop on one of the maps during the CR6 finals. And Jetcon was right behind him most of the time in frags. So that squad has just cleaned up time and time again. I, I Maybe a UGA versus Akron is actually necessary to show us that another team can actually put Akron in their place. Uh, they lost three. Three maps total? Oh, Akron lost three players. The, okay. This semester, like just now, Arv, Jet, and Hennessy are all new. Oh, so okay. So yeah, okay. So they lost more than just one, and they picked up. I I could say, 
uh, Jet is arguably better. Arv clearly knows his stuff as well. Uh, Hennessy, I'm not too familiar with him. He had some great clutch plays during that MC, uh, MSU matchup. So uh, something's going right at Akron. That's all I can really say. They're offering scholarships, so they are maybe that's the advantage. But I've also heard conversation that how that's even that how that's not even necessarily a, a really a big impact on things. Well, I'll have to go talk to Akron again, uh, see seeing what's going on now. Uh, so we kind of have this funny uh, situation with MTU now. Akron in the la- in the CRSL season last season they lost to FIU twice during the season during the playoffs or during the season and in the playoffs total and then for that third time around in the finals they Akron finally beat FIU MTU has that same opportunity lost to Akron during the pl- uh, season lost to Akron once in the playoffs found their way back to the grand final or to the finals. Can MTU learn from their mistakes? We'll have to wait and see, but here's a great opportunity at Redemption when it really matters. Last last live on the line. Going into the Open League, we've got our four qualifiers for relegation matches decided. Texas Tech, UGA, Grand Canyon University, and UNC Charlotte. We already went over those matches, but those with those four teams... Uh, oh, actually, sorry. Those four four teams were, or three of those four teams were in uh, face it. Sorry. So these four teams are now going to play relegation matches against the bottom two teams from each division in CEA. So those bottom four teams are CSULB, Arizona State, uh, Carnegie Mellon, and New York Tech. But we still have who's that number one seed? Who's the number two seed? And Three and four, I believe, will be decided by round differential overall. Uh, so, winner, I believe, winner uh, gets first pick on who their opponent is. Uh, that's how I would do it, at least. Uh, if I was picking, I'd have to go with New. I would have to play New York Tech. Uh, worst round differential, only one point scored during the regular season, and it's just like. If I'm Texas Tech or GCU, who are in the grand, who are in the finals for the Open, Texas Tech picking Carnegie Mellon or New York Tech is just going to be a massacre. I would I would be shocked if it wasn't like seven to one, two maps in a row, seven to zero for some of those <laughs> rounds. Honestly, Texas Tech GCU could probably just decimate those teams. Like, mm, I don't even know if it's worth streaming those ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But Texas, from what we've seen of these four teams, Texas Tech, UGA, GCU, UNC Charlotte, those are going to be some amazing contributions to the Invite League, assuming they survive their relegation matches to see if they can make it in. Uh, CSULB... Yeah, all of those teams are getting relegated. I agree. I mean, CSULB just did not have the same presence. They really fell off this season. Uh, Arizona State, yeah, they just could. Well, I mean, Arizona State is probably the one I could see most likely being able to survive uh, if there was a team to survive. But those four teams that are coming in from open, those are 
very, very competitive teams. And if you weren't able to cut mustard against the squads who are already in, in invite, these four teams who are looking at taking your spot, they are invite caliber teams, hands down. Um, so yeah, if I'm Texas Tech, I'm picking Carnegie Mellon or New York Tech uh, first or second. Uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm fourth seed of teams getting to pick up pick up the leftovers, uh, I'm most afraid of Arizona State or most worried about a matchup against Arizona State. Uh, so that's that. I believe the finals for in for the Open League will also be on December 2nd. So make sure you are watching the CEA Twitter account for when those matchups will come in, will be streamed because they will definitely be streamed. But you can also hop into the CEA hub Discord channel, Discord server, and make sure you are up to date there. They broadcast their screen, stream schedules really well ahead in advance. So uh, you will know how to plan your evenings. Typically, it's on Wednesdays. So we got that to look forward to. Now CR6. We had the finals for both the Open playoffs and the Premier playoffs. In the Open, we had Oklahoma State versus Madison Esports Red. And this was, who is this? This was, so in this league, the seeding was continuous from the top 32 from the Premier. So our top performing team here was our 33rd seed, which was Maryville did not make it past the first round so uh, this was going to be a toss-up of all sorts of skill levels I'll, I'll be honest uh but madison esports red seeded 39th they were very close to the top and madison has had a really strong season uh falling short in a number of cases and not quite as uh, as as impressive as they were last season but they made it to the finals and they were 39th seed, Oklahoma State, 45th seed, so just only slightly behind Madison. So I think in that gap, you're probably looking at really close teams uh, regardless. And Oklahoma State ends up pulling off the win. It was it was a good match. I, I couldn't argue one way or another uh, mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I was, I'm excited to see Oklahoma winning. It's an old stomping ground for me. Though I'm a more OU Sooners fan over Oklahoma State, but we won't hold that against them. Uh, but I'm glad to see Oklahoma starting to be competitive and showing up on these maps. Now I, I'm also heavily in favor of teams from that from the South and the Gulf Coast in terms of their competitive quality. And Oklahoma, uh, no doubt, takes their football seriously. So I bet they take their esports equally seriously. So excited to see them up on top. We'll have to see if they'll be able to improve to make it into Premier and see how they really stack up in the spring. Going into our finals, Michigan State University third seed, or sorry, not third seed. We had 16th seed. They went through teams like University of Montreal. They went through... Northeastern, who took out the number one seeded team. Now, that was a JV squad who was pushed into another division and just utterly dominated that perfect season, highest round differential. And some people will crack jokes. Yeah, it's a JV squad, but it's a JV squad who took out all of their all of their varsity counterparts who had nothing to do with them, who probably they didn't even probably scrim half of those teams anyways. And so they just had dominant season. And yet MSU takes out the team that took them out. 
and that was the 32nd seed team. We've got some really crazy upsets right there in itself. Now, MSU, half the half of the stack ranking higher than Northeastern, cruises through them, beats Texas A&M, who, by the way, took out St. Clair, who also took out University of Texas San Antonio. These teams are not slouches. We have some some wiggle room on how these teams really adapt to each other and play against each other. But MSU beat AM. They beat Northeastern. And they beat University of Montreal. They beat UGA. They beat them. Whether your team was having an off day or whatever, they won. They showed up on game day. Any given Sunday, anybody can win. If you're not going to show up, or if you just get outmatched, outplayed in that day because they made the right plays while you made more mistakes than them, they still earn that title shot. They still earn that winners of the of the left side bracket. They were better than everyone because no one, none of the winners could stand up to them. I want to make sure everyone on MSU knows that they can hang their hat on that and that no one of their opponents, no one in the rest of that side of the bracket, no one else in CR6, no one else in CEA, face it, can take that away from them. They earned that spot against Akron, hands down. So and any of the complaints that I heard, you can be frustrated with your squad. You can be upset that your team lost earlier in the playoffs, but you cannot take that away from MSU. And now there's going to be a lot of memes. There's a lot of discussion. I haven't heard from MSU yet about how they felt the finals went. But... Yeah, it was rough. 7-0 map 1. What was it 7 to 1, 7 to 7 to 3 on map 2 and then a just a blistering of a match. They came back on map 3. They forced it to ma- uh, round 15. And had they won that round 15, I would have been right with my 3 to 1 prediction and I would have rubbed it in everyone's face. <laughs> but they didn't. Unfortunately, Akron runs away with it 3 to 0. Uh I think that first map was about 30 minutes long i mean akron just they came to win they were in fighting form and msu was just i i don't know if they were just overwhelmed if akron really just was hitting all the shots i mean jetcon and imat were just were just all over the place it was more like they were playing call of duty than rainbow six it looked like most of the time yeah you know and from from map two and map three that i watch um there's okay so there's a difference right when you play akron they were playing to win right and msu they were playing to not lose there's a difference between playing to not lose and playing to win and both teams were doing both of them Uh, akron was playing to win and msu was playing to not lose and it really showed um no, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen uh, a couple teams complaining about MSU making it to the finals, and I think that's a bunch of horseshit. Uh, because you know, if if you don't think that MSU should have made it to the finals, then you should have beat them. Why why didn't you beat them? Can you explain that to me? They 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 damn well deserve to be in the in the shoes that they were. So don't don't try and say that they didn't deserve to make it because you lost to them. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to me, it's no more than 
hometown fans complaining about their team losing on a bad call or a bad play and when you're watching like traditional sports when they're just like blah 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 the referees had it out for us it doesn't matter if you didn't leave it in the ref's hands if you didn't leave it into that one play's hands then you should have won make it decisive or understand that you lost hands down um so i mean it it was a great match like I, i i mean Akron executed on such a high level it's worth watching it is worth understanding the call outs that the casters were making understanding that their level of broadcasting was able to call out sight lines that Akron very clearly knew rotations that they very clearly knew that MSC was just not ready for and so go watch that video find a player's VOD see if you can really break that down I would love to hear Akron's comms on that. See how calm they were. See what they were call outs, what their callouts were. I mean, again, with JetCon and IMAT rotating like crazy, just playing extremely loose and unpressured. Like, there's a lot there that can be learned about how to play against Akron. GCU, there's a lot to learn about playing Akron in those videos. Please watch those videos. Now, part of the conversation was also with the map bands and picks that were going on. Uh, first off, they got rid of, what was it? It was Theme Park and Consulate, I believe, were banned first. I, uh, Akron has avoided Theme Park all the way around. They have dominated Coastline all season long, and yet... Um, MSU chose to take them there. Yikes. Then they were able to go to Villa, and they cho- uh, Akron chose defense. Now, that that's just a hard... like If you want to set up a wall, that's a wall right there. Akron on Villa on defense. You are just setting yourself up for the highest mountain to climb to try and run that back. Uh, so that's just a challenge uh, outright. Uh, I forget what map three was played on, but again, MSU played coming back. They had to come back to get to that 6-6 tie to force overtime. And then I think they, yeah, they lost the first round, won the second round, and then Akron just closed it out in that last one. And it's just, it was so close. MSU was warming up and homie Miggs brought in a couple of comments, which I wasn't aware of, uh, it was the fact that their best player ended up sleeping through map one. MSU's best player ended up sleeping through map one. So that's that's a little rough. Let me see where he put that uh, in chat. So like Michigan, like, like literally sleeping through, or like just didn't didn't play very well. I'm guessing literally sleeping through because this was the sub that they had joined in map two and map three. So, oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, <laughs> and ha- Homie Migs quotes or quoting Homie Migs, and how is it that your most important player is sleeping through the match? Calls out Akron saying they're not good, but didn't show up in the series when he was playing. It's true. Uh, he, their best player, uh, the Wallings, he didn't show up until really map three. He was an inconsequential player in map two. He tried making plays, but it looked more like he was playing by himself, trying to carry the team. And this, you're never going to win like that. That that sounds like recipe to winning ranked matches, not against Akron. Hands down, never going to happen. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, it, it that that was extremely irresponsible to sleep through to be late to your own grand finals match. Let's see. What was this? Uh, Lucho Olven is saying Akron isn't scary on Villa. Hot take, and Homie Migs is agreeing with him. Uh, I, w- I would love to know more about that. I'm going to have to dive through on the various leagues' map history and just see how many times Akron played on Villa and saw, see what their what their records are there. I imagine it's nearly impeccable. So uh, maybe taking Akron to any map is scary if you're if you're not a top tier team. Maybe that's the hot take. Uh, MSU got seven owed by UGA on Villa last week, and MSU starting on defense. Okay, uh, so maybe Villa is just not their map. It sounds if that's the case, then Akron knew exactly what they wanted to pick, and they see that. Um, MSU took coastline, so they go, hey, we're comfortable there. Let's take our next comfortable map. Uh, so it's possible MSU really shot themselves in the foot with map bands and map picks. Uh, so it's it's interesting to think how much outside of the map and maybe even the operator bands. Uh, I saw Akron ban Mira a number of times throughout, uh, throughout their matchups. So maybe there is room for other teams to take advantage of those bands. Um, we'll have to consider that in the future. Uh, okay, so there's conversation that MSU is just not a good team on, or not a good uh, team to play on Villa because they just don't seem to know how to play it yet uh, at a high level. So maybe they should have banned that one. I think I would have banned that one over... Uh, Actually, I think they were the ones who banned Theme Park. I think I would have let that one go through because Akron, I don't believe, played that one. What was that? said, yeah, I would have not banned a map that another team has banned all season because chances are they're not very good at it. Yep. Uh, So MSU legit banned Akron's secondary ban and gave Akron the benefit in that series. Yeah, I heard that conversation a lot. Uh, Flufter bans. So, yeah if msu works on their map bands works on operator bands it seemed pretty on point with the bands i felt uh with the operator bands at least um no one was commentating on that so i feel like that they were okay there uh, i and i think it goes back to your point playing to win as opposed to playing not to lose and it felt like that they were playing akron's game akron's pacing pretty much the entire time until that third map now, there's nothing you can do if your squad's just not comfortable with a sub. And in the finals, you cannot be playing with subs. I'm sorry. I, I hope that MSU isn't a scholarship team because then Walling's just losing his scholarship hands down. Being late to a match, sleeping through, irresponsible and disrespectful to your teammates. I'm sorry. Like, unless you were up until like 4 a.m. cramming for your final that you had that same morning but it was a Saturday or was it? No, it was a Friday. Uh, unless you had a final that day that your degree is riding on that your, your, your scholarship is riding on. Like I, I have a really hard time talking about sleeping through that. And I mean, it's even the, in the evening time. So who's taking a nap like that on a Friday? You're a college kid. Why are you taking a nap on a Friday? Disappointed. Um, God, 
I mean, unless he's unless he's older like me, you know, because I started college when I was when I was older, right? I started college Fair. when I was twenty four, twenty five. Okay. I was taking naps on Fridays, but <laughs> if, if he's an EMT taking an doing an overnight shift, then yeah, do oh, yeah. do what you need to do to do your job. But come on, uh, he was, he was uh, playing ranked. Nice. Damn it! I tried giving him the benefit of the doubt, but no, that is wow. Because his ranked buddies called him out in match chat. <sighs> Yikes. 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 Oof. Yeah, oof. that hurts. I'll, I'll be sharing my CR6 oof emote with my... Yeah. <laughs> he's a sophomore. Okay. I mean, if he's your best player, he's a sophomore, whoever the IGL is, whoever the captain is, whoever the coach is, whoever the esports director uh is there is going to be some serious conversations because i mean at this point in time when we when collegiate esports is looking at proving legitimacy proving that there's a space for this and proving to these administrations to these leagues that this is where students want to be playing and competing at more so than a traditional sport and especially in the middle of a pandemic where schools get recruiting opportunities, where schools get uh, benefits with their students sticking around longer because they're involved in communities on campus or even digitally. If this is where students' interests are, you're going to have to start holding teams and players to expectations and to standards. I hope that this isn't like a varsity squad in terms of it's embedded in the school system where there are um rules and regulations that are required and this is more just the club thing but if msu wants to take their esports to the next level they're going to have to start holding their players to a higher standard i'm sorry sleeping through your finals match uh for no good reason other than you were selfishly up until 5 a.m yikes sophomores need to learn sophomores are going to sophomore but not good enough sir Max says I'm with syntax. Older guys need the naps. That is true. Older guys do need the naps. Hey, I'm older than all y'all, and I don't take naps, and I'm still up until two, three in the morning, and I'm up at six. So. <laughs> I don't know. You'll you'll know my pain shortly. So I mean. That's true. Hey, maybe you'll be able to get a ranked match in when you're uh, feeding in the middle of the night. <laughs> make a youtube video with a baby bjorn on your on your on your chest and baby conked out oh yeah <laughs> yeah all right well that's our season we are wrapping up face it matches are as soon as possible look for social media and discord channel communications for when those matches will happen look for the cea hub discord server and social media for matches rounding out that season we are coming up to the last week or the last break of week i imagine cea so cea is december 2nd so we get a week off given the holiday so enjoy your time with your family enjoy your time online stay safe stay socially distant don't go anywhere unless you have to and please for the love of god wear a mask uh otherwise face it matches will be happening likely this week wrapping up before the holiday give 
face it, as much time and as much feedback as they're willing to take over the next few weeks so that we can make sure that the spring season goes off without a hitch and gives everyone that competitive setup and being able to enjoy that spring season and hype this community all the more. Uh, shout out to Tango Mango Down. Like he's he's from CR6, but he's streaming matches for Face It. He's in the Discord server. A lot of you all in CEA and CR6 are active participants in the Face It League. So this community is strong. This community is tight. I'm happy to see this, and I am excited to see how much farther we can take this in the spring and into next year. So thank you, everybody in chat. Thank you, Syntax, for joining us. Uh, you'll catch the podcast early, early, early West Coast time tomorrow. Uh, it will be published then on all your favorite podcast hosting channels and a number more, anchor.fm slash check your six with the numeral six uh, to find out all the platforms that it's hosted. And as usual, if you have feedback for Syntax and I in conversation, please leave us messages, anchor.fm slash check your six slash message, or just hit us up on uh, Twitter. I'm there all the time. Syntax is there all the time. So Hit us up at Warlock Call at SyntaxGG, and we will catch you all next time on Check Your Six. All right. Later, everybody.